Briar Klopp, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Greenbush, Minnesota. And we're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan in studio. We'll have updates from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman as well. Sunshine and mild conditions are in the forecast across the region today. Another taste of winter's on the way, though, with northerly winds and snow in the outlook tomorrow afternoon and into Wednesday morning. The exact track of that system and the amount of snow remains an unknown, but significant winds will be an issue across the area. Argentina not expected to see much relief this week. Weather outlook is for just fractions of an inch of rain over the next 10 days. Hot and dry weekend weather added to crop stress. Brazil's Mato Grosso had a better condition for harvesting and the planting of the second crop corn, but rainy weather is in the forecast. The halfway point for the calculation of spring crop insurance pricing is approaching. After eight days, corn's averaging $5.95 a bushel. That compares to $5.90 last year at this time. Soybeans sitting at $13.69, down from $14.33 last year. Spring wheat at $8.91 a bushel, down from $9.19 last year. Those prices are tracked throughout the month of February. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says early February prices are favoring corn over soybeans. The soybeans last year were 14.33 on November, so you know we go off at about 13.79 here today. So we're setting it at a lower level. Let's just call it 50 to 60 cents lower. But the corn market uh, last year was 590, so we're 595 uh, here today. So let's just say that we're uh, setting it over 590. And Rose is leaning toward more corn, less soybeans. You know, what's that mean from an acre standpoint? Are we going to see more corn acres versus beans? Probably too early to say. It's probably more the economics than anything going forward. A lot of that is set. But um, as we get closer to that March 31st acres re- intention, um, the rhetoric will pick up on what the acres are going to be. The commitment of traders report has been postponed for the second straight week. A cyber attack was behind the original shutdown. With this report, without this report, rather, Martinson Ag Risk Management President Randy Martinson says it's difficult to know what's happening with managed money. You know, it would be nice to see who's in playing the game, uh, you know, and just to see where the funds are and where their position's at. I mean, you know, the, the market, I believe, is still driven by fundamentals, but the funds deciding which direction they want to go can manipulate the market in the short term. So it would be nice to see if they've been covering their short positions, if they've been coming in long, because that would kind of, it helps us to be able to ride their coattails, you might say. The Environmental Protection Agency wrapped up its public comment period on the renewable fuel standard this past Friday. Ethanol and corn grower groups touting ethanol as a way for the Biden administration to reach its carbon reduction goals. These pro-ethanol groups also urged EPA to allow the year-round use of 15% ethanol blends. Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Sierra Doctor checking in on how this feeder cattle run is progressing. Napoleon Livestock Auction wrapped up a large run of feeder calves last Thursday at their sale. Napoleon Livestock co-owner Paul Bitts has been waiting for a pop in the market. The feeder cattle deal is on fire compared to where we were and it's been that thing that we've talked about ever since COVID that someday we were going to get pop in the market the last week here it, it definitely happened and there's a lot of optimism out there and cattle hundred dollars and higher uh, just about across the board here in, in a 10 day span a seven weight steer was in the 185 
range and went to $2 flat seven weight steer and uh, a six weight heifer, you know, two bucks is, is in the cards now. It says the runs overall have been smaller this year. There's still a number of people that haven't sold their calves, but I think everybody, you know, that's been in, in the Dakotas with the drought situation and poor calving conditions and poor weaning conditions, I still believe that we got probably the smallest calf crop, you know, that we're going to have. You know, numbers are just down across the board and, you know, there's a lot of customers that have gotten out of cattle and, and so... We still have a lot of cattle ranchers that got to sell their cattle, but even those people are going to have less cattle than they normally would. I, I see numbers feed their cattle for the next five, six weeks, yet I think we're going to have still very nice sales. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. And just a reminder, the Northern Corn Soy Expo is coming up tomorrow. That'll be at the Fargo Dome. The show opens at 7.30 tomorrow morning. Again, Northern Corn Soy Expo, Fargo. This is the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Workforce issues are being described as the biggest challenge facing farm cooperatives. National Council of Farmer Cooperatives President and CEO Chuck Connor made that point in an interview with the Red River Farm Network. It remains the reason that, that co-ops uh, uh, are oftentimes making decisions to defer expansion because they, they fear an inability to get people to be in those, uh, you know, in those expanded plants. The Farm Bill was top of mind at this past week's Crop Insurance and Reinsurance Bureau annual meeting. Deputy Executive Director Tara Smith says one overriding concern is the budget. We saw this again when, when you look at the 11, 12, 13, 14 <laughs> farm bill process where we cut $23 billion and I think folks are seeing a lot of similarities between the, the potential for this farm bills process and what we saw in 2011 and, and you know that could mean that we're looking for cuts. The North Dakota House Agriculture Committee uh, passed a bill pertaining to state oversight of the North Dakota soybean checkoff. Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. The North Dakota House Agriculture Committee voted 11-2 due pass on House Bill 1501. Committee Chair Paul Thomas explained that the amended bill would exempt North Dakota soybean from state audits, provided certain criteria were met. An auditor's report on the Commodity Group's single-page uniform statement of revenues and expenditures for the previous two fiscal years or an annual federal financial audit required due to a federally mandated checkoff associated with the group's national association. So if they get a federal audit as required by their federal checkoff, they would then be exempt from having to have a state audit. It also reiterates it in another section of code, which is in the auditor's section. Representative Lori Van Winkle commented that the bill did not accomplish everything it was meant to after amendments and was one of two on the committee to vote no on the bill. This still does not require an appropriation as they were already appropriated for, so it would just cause actually a, a decrease in state funds. It would just make them liable to uh, what they needed to fulfill in the obligation. So I'm going to be a no. I'm Whitney Pittman reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network. The Colorado Wheat Research Foundation funded research 15 years ago to identify a new herbicide tolerance trait in wheat. 
Executive Director Brad Erker says this trait is resistant to Group 1 chemistries. The foundation formed a partnership with Alba to provide the chemistry and lima grain to manage and expand this technology to other classes of wheat. Erker says the trait began with hard red winter wheat. It now expanded to spring wheat. Herbicide tolerance is a, a big convenience factor in other crops, and that's why we wanted to develop something in wheat to help us keep up with those other crops. Um, you know, for 20 years we were limited to just uh, one herbicide tolerance technology in wheat in Clearfield, and so that's that's what kind of drove the thinking behind our Colorado growers and our researchers at Colorado State to try to develop a second option. Erker says grower stewardship is key to the long-term performance of coaxium. The herbicide is very active on these grasses that it kills, and so the way herbicide resistance works in weeds is to some degree the, the more efficacious the herbicide is, the greater selection pressure you put on the weeds to select some tolerant types that naturally occur out there. So the way to combat that is to follow the stewardship guidelines. So, for example, just rotating chemistries, not using that same chemistry over and over and over every year, year after year, because then we'll develop resistance. Coaxium is unique because it is a farmer-owned trait. U.S. corn exports were hampered this past year by a strong dollar and low water levels on the Mississippi River. Farmers Business Network Chief Economist Kevin McNew says those issues are reversing course. Now the U.S. dollar is actually starting to weaken as concerns and risk around inflation and interest rates are drawing down. And secondly, we've seen you know, export buyers start to step in, especially this week with both Colombia and Mexico showing some interest in U.S. corn. The other thing that we think is positive heading into 23 is the struggles that Argentina and to a lesser extent Brazil are having in their growing season. The abundance of natural gas is helping bring down the cost of nitrogen fertilizer in the U.S., but McNew says that's not the situation around the rest of the world. That could result in a pullback in corn acres outside of the U.S. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. A growing trend in agriculture is the emergence of limited-scale, identity-preserved crops. Peterson Farm Seed is targeting that market with high-protein yellow peas. Acres are being sought for contract production. We have a base contract price of effectively eleven fifty because the, there's a minimum seventy-five cent uh, premium. But growers with with good protein, good environmental conditions can can get up to a three-dollar premium. Peterson Farm Seed President Carl Peterson says this is an opportunity for farmers to diversify risk and add value. I think we'll get the acres that we're looking for, uh, but there's right now plenty of opportunity, and the seed is coming off the field. They're being harvested in Texas today and, and following, and we'll get it home in, in good time. So uh, we feel like we're pretty good shape there, but yeah, there's plenty of opportunity. We are, we're looking for more growers. Peterson says there are also agronomic advantages to having yellow peas in the rotation, especially during a drought year. Merck Animal Health Beef Technical Service Manager Tim Farks says a good vaccination program aims to prevent and manage BRD. As we look at a strong vaccination program in, in young calves, we're going to address, we want to address all the common things that they come up against. Most commonly, we're, a lot of our focus is really around bovine respiratory disease, uh, knowing that if we can set the animal up at an early age, we can prepare that immune system as we start to think about the other vaccines. 
that we're going to put in at a pre-wean, at a wean, and as we move animals through production cycles. So a lot of it is really going to be based around what challenges are you up against in your herd, what's the vaccination status of your cow herd, and then work with your veterinarian so they can help you to pinpoint when are the, when are the challenge points. Fark says the vaccination program can help calves upkeep their daily gain after weaning by strengthening their immune systems. Checking those markets, we are a bit weaker. Minneapolis wheat down seven and a quarter for March at 923, July down six and a half. Chicago wheat March down six and a quarter. Hard red winter wheat March down nine and a half. The corn market down one and a half cents for March, 679 the current quote. New crop down two and a half cents. We're a mix go for soybeans, March down one and a quarter at 1541 and a quarter. November, new crop beans, one and a quarter cents to the plus side. As we check in on the farm calendar, uh, there is a farm bill uh, listening session going on tonight at, the Val at Valley State University starting at 9 o'clock. It's uh, organized by Dakota Resource Council. North Dakota Crop Improvement Association has its annual conference. That will be held tomorrow in Bismarck. And the Northern Corn Soybean Expo is tomorrow. Again, registration starts and, uh, in the 7 o'clock hour. Uh, they'll have their welcome at 8 o'clock. Uh, great seminar lineup, including uh, Eric Snodgrass, the uh, meteorologist, uh, David Cole, uh, the speaker on the agenda, former uh, House Ag Committee Chair Colin Peterson, and more. Again, that's the Northern Corn and Soybean Expo going on in Fargo. Uh, that will be tomorrow. Have a great Monday. This is the Red River Farm Network.